The world's last male northern white rhino has died. Fortunately, scientists can keep the species going by using DNA from Steve Bannon. There are still 100,000 working payphones in the United States, which might come in handy after your third iPhone breaks this year. And finally, senators have introduced a bill to protect animals on planes after a dog died on a United flight. You know, such tragedies wouldn't happen if we just armed all dogs. The Trump Report starts now. Live from Los Angeles, California, AfterBuzz TV and America's Voice, this is The Trump Report. Yes, indeed, this is The Trump Report. Thanks to uh, everyone who's joining us at a special early time. Uh, and if you're just watching the archive, then, you know, thanks for watching anyway. We appreciate that as well. But uh, we are here because there's so much to talk about. Would you agree that there's a lot to talk about? Uh, as always, was well, usual, joined by Chelsea Galicia. Can say hi to the people. Hello, people. And Scott Moore... Say hi to the people. Hey, everyone. See, it's very awkward to not yes. get the Twitter in because then I'm just like, uh, say something. Dance. <laughs> but any case, uh, yeah, there's there's really a lot to talk about. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know where to start. Uh, but um, start with the poor rhino. I was most sad about that. <laughs> you did seem pretty sad about I it. I am. Don't worry. I'm sure they ate him afterwards, so it's fine. Yeah, they didn't let him go to waste. Yeah, that does I, make me feel that makes better. It much better. Well, as I say, I only said that because I knew that that's absolutely the way that it would make you most upset. <laughs> so, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, I... Uh, Porn stars? No, 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 no. No, I mean, let's start off with the, the least fun thing to talk about, uh, another school shooting, and we're mm. not going to really dwell on it uh, because... Uh, unfortunately, that's the uh, the world we live in now, where uh, for the most part we don't dwell on it. You know, the last one it seemed like it was really in the news cycle for a while, but uh, now it happens again, and then it's uh, you know no doubt the same uh, partisan rhetoric on both sides will, and, and I don't mean that in a uh, white supremacist both sides, the literal both sides uh, will weigh in on that and you know we'll be right back where we were before unless it gives more enthusiasm to this weekend's march uh, it could I, I look I think that that would be that would be great if it had, if it added something but um, so you know will let's, it be let's, enough? let's see right. uh, Scott I will start with you with uh, that topic is there anything this is the worst part about this is, is there anything left to be said no and it came back to like you were saying earlier there was just the political back and forth because it happened in Maryland and the Republican governor was blaming the Democrats in their state Senate and assembly for not getting him a bill that he thought was decent for school security already done and to his desk. Um, you know, and then you have the U.S. senators from Maryland also saying basically the same thing. They're both Democrats saying, you know, look, we're doing enough hand-wringing basically. Like, why are we not actually moving forward with any of these bills in the U.S. Congress? So, you know, there, there still needs to be things that need to happen, and it just hasn't happened yet. But hopefully, like you were saying, Chelsea, that this lead-up to the march on the Saturday the 24th will be a catalyst to help keep this in the spotlight, much like the women's marches were in the past two years and, think, and the other marches of the immigrant marches, that hopefully will keep this going. And, and uh, as we get closer to the midterms, that this continues to be in the spotlight for uh, people running uh, for office this year to make a positive change. Yeah, I think that that obviously is the biggest impact we'll have from this is that it is something that 
you know, everyone running for these midterm elections will have to address one way or the right. other. You They'll know? have to answer it. Whomever their base is and whatever it is that they feel like they need to say to get elected is is what they have to lean on. Uh, Chelsea, when you hear that there's another school shooting like we heard today, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts, your immediate thoughts? Well, I thoughts? thought that, well, of course it was like, oh, gosh, here we go again. But then I learned something pretty recently that even I was surprised that I did not know before. But did you know that there are actual Federalist Papers? So these were papers that the Constitutional um, Convention members wrote to explain what their thinking was behind the Constitution and the amendments, and that there is a Federalist Paper on the Second Amendment explaining what it was really for, and that it is not for individuals to Bear guns. I don't know if we want to go into the entire length of what it's about, but check it out, people. There are mm-hmm. Federalist Papers on it, and you'll see that it is about a militia, right. similar to what we would ha- what we have as like a National Guard right mm-hmm. now. It was not intended, according to the Federalist Papers, which is the closest thing we have to asking these people, what did you mean when you drafted the Second Amendment? Uh, so I thought that was really interesting, and I thought it was interesting that it hasn't been brought to light sooner and that I didn't know about it sooner but I guess I just learned about yeah. it when I was supposed to. I mean it is interesting and, I, and of course it, it also clearly didn't have assault rifles in there because those didn't exist and we've seen that that's been struck down even in the Supreme Court that there is not necessarily a right to have assault rifles and that states are allowed to have their own laws you know like in California being more strict than other states and, and those sorts of things too so it, it, it is interesting and it helps it helps in the uh, gun control movement in a way to say that that's, it's not all about you know, having to have as many weapons as you can have because it's a right. Right. Well, let us know what you think. If you're watching on YouTube Live, you can, of course, comment in the chat or you can always tweet us at ABTV Trump. Trump Report ABTV. See, I did it wrong. Uh, and uh, by the way, now we are going to move to talking about the uh, seeming revolving door at the White House. And that's a great opportunity to showcase the thumbnail for this week's episode, which was made by our friend Marissa, who is helping us out in the booth when she has a moment. I know she will uh, share it with you. And uh, it's it's an art form. You know, look, there, mm-hmm. there are a, a lot of artists out there who have created great works. Uh, personally, these are the sort of things that I would like to have framed and on display in my home. So for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see right now there is a revolving door right there. That's uh, so great. And, and there he is. Uh, as, as Scott's laughing because he's like, yes. yeah, I want to see him uh, shown yeah. out. And, yes. uh, you know, b- before we know it, maybe, just maybe that's what you If we get. could animate it and show all, all right. the well, people. All right. Well, now that's, that that's just crazy. Super too. Fancy. But that would actually be fun. So if somebody at, at home wants to take this and add a little uh, animated graphic. All the heads yes. flying uh, out. So thank you, Marissa, for that. She's a genius. Every week, it's yeah. just. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And uh, we will talk about the revolving door. And uh, when you have a moment, Marissa, if you could uh, bring up the chat so we can see who... Whom is uh, joining us at this early hour? Uh, well, let's talk about, you know, last week, I, I believe we were able to talk about Rex Tillerson last yes, week. Yes. It's all a little bit of a blur <laughs> as to whether or not we actually cover stuff or if I just cover it in my personal life. Or uh, my we head. Did, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, so Rex Tillerson replaced by uh, Mike Pompeo and uh, Gary Cohn. We talked about that. And uh, all, uh, but uh, McMaster, that ca- that happened after us. And also uh, Andrew McCabe. The FBI's deputy director. That was happened. That happened just on Friday. So um, it's it's one of those things where I guess this is the Trump administration seems 
to an outsider, it's sort of like those Final Destination movies where <laughs> it's just inevitable and no one is supposed to survive it yeah. because it's preordained. And it's just a matter of time and place. And if you kind of scoot by one thing, well, something else happens, you know. And the worst for me, I don't know anything about Andrew McCabe. You know, maybe he's not a great guy, but you know, he was a day before he would have been able to be eligible for his pension. According so, to Fox News, his pension is not going to go anywhere, even though he was fired. Well, look, I, you know, and I don't know. So, I mean, I, so I think, you know, he was surprising. fired, but he probably was on the job for maybe, uh, I don't know, a couple more weeks. I don't know how that part works. But it's still the timing, you know. It's uh, when you hear that, it's like, you know, it's like in the Lethal Weapon movies. You know, poor Danny Glover was always two weeks away from retirement. What if he got fired at the beginning of mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 1? Uh, you know, this is how I look at the mm-hmm. world. I don't know how the rest of you do. Uh, but, uh, Scott, some of the names that I threw out. Uh, are there any thoughts about why they're gone? Is there any surprise that they are gone? I think I'm still surprised that Kellyanne Conway is still there. I thought she was going to be on the list a long time ago. Yeah. She violated the Hatch no. Act twice. Um, I well, kept to, thinking at some to, point she was going to be gone way before over, a lot of others. To overextend the uh, horror movie metaphor, I believe she's Jason from the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> you can literally do anything and she shows right back up. Right. You know, Right after the credits, she just pops out of yeah. the water or whatever. So she's she's apparently going to be all right. She's around for a while. Yeah, apparently. Um, but none of the other ones have surprised me. I think, again, it comes down to the timing. Like we said last week about Rex Tillerson, it seemed that the timing was a little suspicious uh, because we've been hearing about it since October. Um I think the Andrew McCabe thing, again, there's been back and forth on that, too, of when that was appropriate, when that wasn't, um, and what he did um, or didn't do uh, was fireable offense and why they waited till you know, a little over 24 hours before he could get his full pension. So, again, it's the timing and, of course, a Friday news dump doing it at Friday evening. It, it lends itself to feel like it has a little bit more of a political influence to it. Um, and I thought it was ironic that it was Jeff Sessions having to do that when you keep thinking about how Jeff Sessions is – you know, gotten a lot of wrath from Donald Trump and how long is he going to end up lasting in that job? And then, you, you know, you hear about some of the other ones where you're thinking, I think McMaster still hasn't happened yet, but that was going... Well, that was... Been, you, you're right. Yes, I, I was a little on premature there, on that. And they've been talking about it, but it's kind of the same thing with Tillerson. Now that we know it's there, is it going to be a couple months from now? Is it going to be, you know, anytime soon? But it shows how um, really disheveled and disorganized this administration is. And also, even people just don't stay there very long because they can't tolerate working with him and it doesn't look good at all and i've just never seen any other administration have this much turnover so quickly within just a little over a year's time yeah i mean it's you know look there's always turnover people of course people burn out for legitimate thing. reasons right. it's not a good fit this this seems excessive for just a little, for 14 seems. months well i mean I, i'm not there maybe it's not maybe <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's not excessive maybe there's more people that could go you know and and also on the uh, the hit list if you have your administration bingo, your bingo card, card yeah. yeah you have hope hicks <laughs> yep. uh rob porter which i don't i don't think he was uh, looking to leave but uh he had to uh and then uh, Brenda Fitzgerald, who had purchased stock in Japan, uh, Japan Tobacco, while serving as director of the CDC. We call that a whoops. Uh, and, of course, Omarosa, who, I mean, he just loves to fire her, obviously. Like, that's the relationship. So, uh, Although she officially resigned. Yeah, sure. You well, know. I think that's the difference between resigned and fired. Who are the ones that on the resign list that were pretty much fired? And which yeah. ones left on their own accord? And that list gets a lot smaller when you start looking down that list. Yeah, and of course, uh, we go back a little further. We we have uh, Tom Price. We have Gorka, <laughs> Bannon, 
and uh, so many more. I just have this ringing in my head. I have the best people. I'll have the right, best exactly. people. Right, exactly. Well, he just didn't have this them yet. He doesn't have the best people. He will have the best Eventually. people. Eventually. He just hired this bunch of <laughs> stiffs that he has to fire. Uh, and, and by the way, honorable mention has to go to the mooch. I almost thought yes, the mooch. I, I, I would be upset if I forgot to mention the mooch. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny because Reince Priebus, to me, seemed like the guy that was... That wouldn't the, like, make sense. Like, that, mm-hmm. Trump never really liked him. Right, but he seemed like the, the most logical hire. In fact, I think when he was putting the cabinet together on this show, I was like, well, look, that's that's the kind of guy right, you need. Right, that's what we talked about. And yeah. that is the kind of guy you mm-hmm. need, but if you're President Trump, it's not the kind of guy you want. Uh, in, in the chat, by the way, a moment ago, Jillian said, I don't know how you guys uh, pay attention to this without losing your minds. Who's to say we don't? I think you know? I already lost my mind, and that's why I Yeah, and you were able to, to come attention. back around. Right, because of that. Lost a long time ago. Lots of meditation. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you hear all of this, Chelsea, uh, and you know, n- none of it should be a surprise, but who are the sort of people that – I know you're not here to give advice to the Trump administration. <laughs> but who are the sort of people that you think you know would be a good fit? I don't mean, it doesn't have to be named. But well, like, I don't know. Like what, the best people? Well, the best That's people. That's what he promised. But what do you think qualifications should be for people I don't people know. They that could sh- spell the name of the department that they want to go. They don't want to eliminate it. They actually have worked there. I, ideally, they've worked private and public sector. That would be good, right? At least mm-hmm. for like a minute or two. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe a, a degree. Like I know that the thing right now is to talk crap about people spending way too much money on degrees. But if you're in the White House, in the cabinet, can you have a degree related mm-hmm. to what you're hired for? I, I can't believe I'm saying that this should be the bare minimum requirements, but it kind of they are. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely uh, agree with that. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly what it takes to uh, get a job uh, in this White House. But, Not uh, much. Uh, well, I, when you see all the people who, you know, aren't, aren't there, know. Uh, uh, that's uh, what we find out. And uh, we are uh, joined in studio. For those that can see us on YouTube, you'll see uh, Dr. Christopher Metzler. Uh, go ahead and put your uh, headphones on. We call those cans in the business. <laughs> uh, this is what this is what happens in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, spin that back around the oh, other way. The other actually. way. Yeah. Ah! Got to keep the signage out. So okay. Always be closing and if you want the nice set. Yeah, I was about I the, the brand. Yeah. Thank you. Look at that. Uh, but uh, this is what happens in Los Angeles. There's two drops of rain, and all of a sudden, traffic is a yes. nightmare. Uh, yeah. Chelsea was running late. Scott had to run here in the rain. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just travel in a, in a gigantic plastic bubble, so I was fine. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Metzler, uh, remind us where people can find you. Are you Dr. Chris Metzler on Twitter? Yes. And what is the website? Uh, Dr. Christopher Metzler. See, I knew it was different. That's yeah, why it I didn't is. want to say it. Yeah. We're trying to figure that out. Get it all streamlined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Streamlining is good. Uh, well, what we were talking about when you walked in is the fact that there's a bit of a revolving door, it seems, on the Trump administration. We've seen a lot of high-profile departures in the last uh, week or so. Uh, what do you personally attribute that to? Well, it's difficult to work in the Trump White House. Um, in large part because people are thinking about um, how much dissension can there actually be? How much can they actually say? Do they follow the president's agenda or do they follow their own agenda? It's extremely difficult 
to work in the Trump White House. You have to have a very thick skin um, and you have to decide, you know, how temporary is this going to be in terms of your career? So that's extremely difficult for people to work in the White House. Yeah, and uh, I'll pose to you the same question that I just asked uh, Chelsea. What sort of people do you think they should be hiring? You know, I mean, whether you want to give advice to President Trump or not, <laughs> what kind of people do you think should be hired to work in, in the White House? I think it, it, it needs to be people who have a general view rather than a very specific view. See, the problem I think that we have with this White House and with the nation as a whole is we're so separated from a partisan standpoint. It should be the opportunity to serve all Americans rather than simply serving a slice of Americans. And I think that's a large part of the problem there. Um, And so I also think it has to be people with subject matter expertise. The problem, however, is that the president fundamentally believes that he, in fact, knows a lot about everything. And as you can see, just kind of from, you know, the way he's starting to comport himself, his swagger, all of that kinds of things, I think he feels much more comfortable in the role. So he keeps his own counsel rather than seeking the counsel as so many presidents before him have sought. And that presents a bit of a challenge. Well, and also, just from a practical standpoint, he does have his family in and around the White House, and those are people that have provided him counsel for a long time. So rightly or wrongly, those are the people that he's probably more inclined to listen to because of the uh, history he has with them. Even if Jared Kushner's not able to go in as many rooms as the White House as he used to be, or, you know, there's a little bit less clearance than there was, it still makes sense that uh, those are the people that he turns well, to. Well, but let me just sure. say a little thing about, uh, about clearance, though, because I think that's something that's fundamentally uh, misunderstood by the public. So there is official clearance and then there is clearance. There is nothing that prohibits the president from having any conversation with any person at any time about particular topics, whether they're national security topics or not. And so, yeah, officially there isn't that clearance. There isn't the clearance officially. However, in conversation, in the residence, all of those kinds of things, mm-hmm. nothing prohibits the president from declassing, declassifying that information to have a conversation to someone else. So let's just be clear. Right. If you work at the State Department and you have a top secret memo on your desk, you don't get to go home and tell your wife about it. But if you're the president and you maybe want to call some of your celebrity apprentice friends, I don't know, George Takei, uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss, and you want to see what they think about something, you can just be like, what do you think about this? And you can ask your family something. And I I guess the president is not held to the same standards as somebody who's just an officer at the at the State Department. No, it's completely different. Yeah. And and let's also consider the physical space of the White House. There is the kind of public areas of the White House, and there's also the residence. When you're in the residence, who knows? With any president, what happens in the residence is just that. 
it is a conversation that's held in the residence. And so let's be clear about that. Uh, in the chat, our Scott Brown points out that he is the declassifier in chief. So <laughs> thank you for that, Scott. Uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about uh, some of the the plans that the special prosecutor is making and some of the tweets that President Trump has in relation to it. Uh, so we're going to take a very short break, but we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to the Trump Report. Christian Blatt with Chelsea Galicia, Scott Moore, and Dr. Christopher Metzler. Uh, we appreciate you being here with us again, uh, Dr. Metzler. Uh, one of the things that we see happening is uh, President Trump doing his what he feels like is his own damage control. But I think it's actually the opposite of that. When he goes on Twitter and he uh, tweets out attacks on Mueller, McCabe, Comey, you know, all of these people, uh, I don't think that actually helps his cause. Uh, Scott, what do you think about the latest weekend tweet storm? <laughs> it's hard to keep track of all of them, by the way. I completely is. agree. It I completely is. understand um, that, I mean. But yeah, it's sort of like if, if, if he is so innocent... He should not even say a word about it and uh, not tweet about it, of course, and just let it run its course. But the more that he gets involved with it, the more that it's seeming like he's trying to hide something. He's either admitting his guilt. Even if, you know, you go back and say the McCabe firing was not politically motivated, it feels more tainted and politically motivated when you're tweeting about him and then you're tweeting about uh, Mueller and the investigation over the weekend. And once again, calling it a witch hunt um, when you see that it's been ongoing and there's been... Uh, real indictments happening. So it is in his best interest. And I know his legal team would be telling him that. Chelsea, if you were on his legal team, you'd be telling him that to not be tweeting about this situation right now. And he continues to feel that that's what he needs to do. And it, it does make him look bad. And, and, it, and we heard, you know, that part of the reason was over the weekend is that they were starting to submit the questions, apparently, that Mueller wants to ask Trump. And I think that got him all riled up again, apparently. Yeah, Mueller, suppose, or, you know, his, his office team, yeah. sat down with uh, Trump's team mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody's team does yeah. everything. <laughs> uh, I would love to have a team, by the way. You've got to have a team. Your team. I'm your well, team. Well, okay. Well, great. You, you guys can have be my people. team. Yes. Great. So which one, you, which one of you wants to go pick my kid up and take care of him? All right, great. He's cute. And Chelsea will take care of you. Uh, oh, anyway. God. Good wish Felix luck. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Dr. Metzler, uh, your thoughts, uh, sort of with what uh, Scott was saying in response to, well, President Trump's response to, uh, <laughs> you know, the feeling that the, these, these, these sharks might be circling a little tighter. Yeah, so there are a couple of things. I think, first of all, you know, with the whole idea of his counsel and kind of what they're saying, eh, I, I, I'm not sure that his counsel is serving him um, as well as mm -hmm. they should have, because Agreed. I think from the very beginning, they should have told him mm -hmm. these are serious issues and that, in fact, it won't be over by Thanksgiving mm -hmm. or Christmas. I mean, we learned from the Ken Starr investigation that, you know, a special counsel has unlimited mm -hmm. powers. And so I think that's one. Two, uh, you know, he's kind of trying to play in two areas, uh, the legal, the, the court of law and in the court of public mm -hmm. opinion. And so I think what he's doing with the tweets from the standpoint of the court of public opinion is he is saying to his folks, his supporters, hey, this is actually what's going on. But then you have the legal issues. I, you know, again, if I were advising the president, I would try Gaudi on this. I would say to the lawyer, um, 
be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, <laughs> yes. The lawyer speaking out, like, please let this investigation yes. end. No, that he says, I pray this investigation ends. It's not good. Was no. Crazy. First of all, what lawyer wants to stop representing right. their client? Yeah, yeah they bill by the hour. Exactly. There are so yeah. many billable hours. If yes. You're yes. A lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's praying that this investigation ends, he's praying himself out all of a, a job. job. Yeah. I, I was very confused bizarre. by that. Yeah. yeah. Right, and I think that, look, I think that a lot, we were talking about the revolving door before the break. I think a lot of the people who maybe have been shown the revolving door have been shown it because they said, you know what you need to do is keep quiet, lay Just low, keep, keep your head down. Everything's going to be fine, you know. You can still have the big rallies. You can still, you know, shake hands with the Prime Minister of Canada. You know, all those things that you want to do all that. But, you know, maybe just put the phone down for a weekend. Just one weekend. See how it makes you feel. You know? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, by all, by all <laughs> intentions, this is a guy who doesn't like to work all that hard. You know? This is like, consider, if they if he could believe that Twitter is, is work for him, you know, it's like, well, then, you know, it's part of your job. He's like, all right, well, I'm playing golf. You know, you can put it down. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that that's uh, something that we could uh, imagine is forthcoming. Him putting down the phone and no, stopping that's to tweet. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, but you know, it, on the one hand, it sometimes makes things more entertaining mm-hmm. because you can't believe he tweeted it, mm-hmm. and other times you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's. That's us. That's our country right there in that tweet. <laughs> I, I, I can sometimes be a little bit, uh, a little bit concerned. Uh, Chelsea, what I wanted to ask you, what, wh- what happens? At this point in the game, and unfortunately it is a game to some people, mm-hmm. if President Trump tries to fire Mueller, like right now, there was a point where he probably could have done it and it would have not been a great thing, but he would have been able to, to walk it off. This is the point where I think it's getting to be impossible two, to fire him. Two things happen. Yeah. You have turnout like you've never seen in the midterm In the midterms, yeah. And then you see Republicans starting to talk impeachment. In fact, uh, Senator Graham said today uh, if he fires them without cause, which I can't even begin to imagine what kind of cause Trump would manufacture to justify firing Mueller. Uh, I thought it was funny that uh, Paul Ryan said he had assurances. (laughs) Really? Well, I don't know what kind of assurances would make me believe that Trump was or was not going to do anything. Uh, but I think that's when you have Republicans start using the word impeachment. Yeah. And look, I mean, historically, assurances, there's no reason to believe that assurances won't be followed through. I mean, just ask Neville Chamberlain. It went very well for him, all the assurances that he got. He had a very prosperous reign. So, and, you know, that's, that is just a joke. I'm not in the habit of comparing the current president, whoever they may be, to Hitler, because there's plenty of people out there who do that. That's that was just a joke. It's okay. Everybody, nobody needs to be that upset for it. Uh, but uh, your thoughts, Dr. Metzler, what if... President Trump is like, I don't care what everybody's telling me. I'm firing this guy. I'm firing him today. I'm going to do it in a tweet. I'm going to at mention, at special prosk. I'm going to just tweet it out. And he, it's like, you're fired. It'll be like a little meme from a picture from the apprentice. Yeah, that won't be good. It would, I don't think it would be good. But, no, I don't yeah. think it would be good. And I, I, I do agree with you, Chelsea. I think at that point, Republicans start to say, okay, uh, we've gone about as far as we can go here. Um, and so at this point, the firing of a special prosecutor without cause is problematic for any president. And I don't think this president is any different. I mean, what has happened is there's been a case built up against Mueller by a number of people. 
But there is no cause, as far as I can tell, um, to fire Mueller. To, 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 and again, with the tweets, eh, I, you know, when you say that this whole team is a Democratic team. With Mueller as a registered right. Republican. Yeah. Yes, it's just, yeah. It, it just creates. And McCabe and Comey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just kind of it doesn't look good. Right. And, and also, I would add, it, one, it's not easy to do because you have to fire or have Rod Rosenstein resign. Right. Then, if he doesn't do it, it goes down the line, you know, it keeps going down the line until whoever does it. And then you're already looking at that, like you're saying, that it's politically motivated. And then all the evidence that's already there doesn't just go away. It's either, it's still in the DOJ. It either becomes an FBI case. It either goes back to the DOJ. Another special uh, uh, counsel is put together. Um, so it doesn't just disappear, and it just gives him a lot more trouble than it's worth. Because like you said, Chelsea, and like you said, Dr. Metzler, it's like now you have people running out in the midterms that are like, we're done with this. And now you're going to be in an impeachment you know, trial for the next year or so, being distracted. Uh, so it would not do anything. It would not do him any good at all so i think you know hopefully enough people are telling him so far they have that it's not in his best interest to do that and and just let it run its course all it's going to take is is well depending on your perspective either the wrong person or for Mm -hmm. president trump the right person to say no you have to do this he has to you know just one person can Mm -hmm. convince him that that's what he needs to do and then he can ignore the you know hundred other people uh in the chat the demonaut says that uh the uh, impeachment will not happen because that that would require Republicans to destroy their own party. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that there, and I don't know, Dr. Metzler, you can uh, tell me if I'm right in this. I think that there are Republicans, especially conservatives, who feel that that's already happened, that the thing that might fix the party would be a little bit less Donald J. Trump. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and in fact, there are a number of Republicans who have just said, eh, you know, we're very close to a bridge too far. There are a number of Republicans who have said that. And also, I think there's the reality of the midterms in mm-hmm. 2018. I mean, those are around the corner. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't necessarily believe the polls. The polls are it's, they're all over the place relative to that. But in fact, I think if uh, Democrats take over uh, the House, then in fact, impeachment is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, the question would be removal. And mm-hmm. the only way removal would work would be if Democrats also um, took over the Senate. Right. Or you get a and, couple of Jeff Flakes. Well, yeah. you need enough Republicans. You, you yeah. need 67 to be able to have removal. So you yeah. definitely need Republicans. Yeah, you would need Republicans well. to be able to do that. But, and so it, it largely depends on, mm-hmm. you know, what the outcome of the midterms are. Yeah, Pence is like, hey, uh, yeah, that means I get yeah, that job. Yeah. Pence is like, oh, I need to be the, uh, the, the, the tiebreaker. Hmm. Mm. How am I going to vote for that? <laughs> I wonder what's in my best interest. But what anybody knows anything about Pence, it'll be dependent on what mother tells him he needs to do to vote. Uh, We are going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk, we're going to send our congratulations to Vladimir Putin. What? (laughs) He he won a real election. I'm sure... By a landslide. It was a landslide. It was. I'm sure sure that that happened because of American meddling in their election. That's my guess. (laughs) I think that's why that happened. They wanted to keep Putin in charge. Anyway, uh, we will uh, talk about that and a few other key topics right after this. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Trump Report. Christian Blatt, Chelsea Galicia, Scott Moore, and Dr. Christopher Metzler, who is at Dr. Chris Metzler on Twitter, drchristophermetzler.com. All right. Yeah, we'll fix that. We'll fix it. <laughs> but for right now, that's how they That's what it is. It. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, there'll be consistency. As I mentioned before the break, uh, there, of course, were congratulations in order for uh, Vladimir Putin. There are those who felt that the people congratulating him maybe shouldn't have been uh, the American president. Uh, I have a tweet in my hand from Senator John McCain. An American president does not lead the free world by congratulating dictators on winning sham elections. And by doing so with Vladimir Putin, President Trump insulted every Russian citizen who was denied the right to vote in a free and fair election. Uh, That sounds like fake news to me. But, uh, Dr. Metzler, uh, your thoughts on President Trump calling Putin for the congratulations and Senator McCain's response? Well, uh, first, in the interest of full disclosure, I was on the faculty at the Presidential Academy in Russia for a while. So let's just get So if you want to keep that job, should you be really careful? If you want I'm to be no called- longer there. Okay, all right. <laughs> so let's just get that clear. But I think from the standpoint of a U.S. president, congr- it's not necessary. Again, it's one of those things where, okay, so he won. Did we expect him to mm-hmm. lose? And right. why are you congratulating him? I mean, most likely if he lost people would probably end up, I don't know, dead. Um, but, <laughs> but besides that, I just don't think it's a good idea. It's, it, it, the, the president of the United States saying congratulations because you won in a system that was designed mm-hmm. for you to win, not so much. Uh, Scott, uh, according to the Washington Post, a.k.a. fake news, uh, President (laughs) Trump ignored warnings from his national security advisors when he congratulated Putin, including a section in his briefing materials in all capital letters that said, do not congratulate. That's not particularly surprising, but uh, your thoughts sort of on the congratulations, particularly in the face of, hey, don't do this. Well, he's got to keep his boss happy, and he's got to kiss up, so why well, wouldn't he? He, no, wants but, a, he wants a raise when it comes, exactly, when it comes, when it comes up for, his next, for the his annual his review. contract, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, of course, this morning said, oh, Obama did the same thing in 2012, and, you know, he did uh, talk to Angela Merkel last week with her, her fourth term, and, you know, she was trying to, to say that it was important because he's still part of the world stage, and... And it was just really fascinating to listen to her try to twist it around. But yeah, like like you're saying, Dr. Messler, it just wasn't necessary. We, we knew the outcome. It wasn't a surprise. Uh, there was no reason really to go behind it and, and, and have to go out of his way to, to make that call. So, I mean, do I play devil's advocate? Please do. Uh, he's going to say, well, I was really wanted to get on a good page with him so we can dif- discuss the arms race. Who mm-hmm. calls it on the arms race? Like, that's and like, that's so Cold War. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, that, then that's the, that's the key the, the key point that I did want to make. He did spin this to say that he, he wants to discuss the arms race that's getting out of control. Um, is it getting out of control? Because it seemed like there's not really a proliferation of more. You know, just the, it's not. I don't. I don't feel like the arms race with Russia is out of control. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I think that if anything, the the hacking, and I'm not specifically talking about the election, but anybody who has a computer, you know, it's not easy, that hard to follow the the uh, the cookies to back to Russia. There's there's a lot of you know interference in just my email, Russia. That's right. Uh, but uh, what do you think, Chelsea? That uh, you think that 
he honestly believes that uh, we're still at the height of the Cold War? Or does he think that the base thinks that? I have no idea. If I could get into his brain, I'm not even sure that I would. But I, I don't know. Does he believe that Putin's going to help him with King Jong- Kim Jong-un? I, I, I don't know because that's that's who we're really... Um, well, that, th- those are the arms that I'm worried over. about. Yeah. You know, those those flabby little dangly arms that he has is a joke. But I mean, yeah. can you imagine we, if we have Kim Jong-un, Putin, and Trump all together, what kind of photo op that would be? Wow. Yeah, that's... <laughs> very disturbing vision. That's, uh, that's, that's like when Spider-Man has to take on the Sinister Six and they're all in one place together. That's <laughs> 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 for, for my Marvel TV news friends that uh, happen to watch this show as well. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Is the, uh, is the, is the arms race just... It, 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 does he believe it? Let's put it that way. Does he think that that... Does he just feel like, eh, it's something that I heard somebody say yeah, at some point in the last 30... To, to get him somewhere to, in the to, last to 35 call. years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, congrats on that, Mm -hmm. I I suppose. Uh, One thing that I uh, saw you post about, uh, Dr. Metzler, was uh, there's there's a lot of attention on this uh, portrait of Sarah Huckabee Sanders that Jim Carrey's doing. Yeah. And there are people who don't like Sarah Huckabee Sanders who uh, are probably more inclined to say, like, well, that's actually really funny. Um, You know, uh, me personally... I, did, I didn't get Ace Ventura. I don't know what all the fuss was about, but uh, he was funny on In Living Color, you know, 25 years ago. Uh, but uh, what do you think about that? The fact Is it the fact that she's a conservative woman? Is that why it's okay to, to ridicule her? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, Sarah does the best that she can in an extremely difficult situation. And I think what you've seen from Sarah recently is what she's learned is a lot from Sean Spicer. So she doesn't just get out there and say random stuff. She basically says, I've not spoken to the president Mm -hmm. about that, which is exactly (laughs) the posture that I would take. And so that portrait of her I thought was extremely disgusting. I thought it was an extremely poor taste and not something that should be done. it, It was very offensive to me. And when you know that sort of gets to the the same issues, you know, where there were tweets early in the president's administration, you know, uh, calling out photos of his ten year old son, and you know, there there are lines that you don't get to cross just because you don't like someone, yeah, you know, and uh, and, and even though people like really, really, really don't like President Trump, uh, I don't know, Scott, do you think that if say, well, let's let's use a a fictional Democratic press secretary. If this happened to say uh, Democratic press secretary C.J. Craig in the uh, in the Bartlett White House, what do you think the uh, the reaction would be to an actor who uh, who singled out a Democratic female yeah, no, press secretary? It, I, you know, I I don't. I don't personally, because it wouldn't be something I would do. But it goes back to like Kathy Griffin with with Trump head and. Um, these people trying to feel like they're being edgy with art and everything. I don't personally agree with it, but I also think there's a fine line because then you're saying, yeah, you're right. Because then it's saying you're now you're starting to censor people and it would happen on both sides. And and I think you're right. It just, it wouldn't be, it's a slippery slope. Um, But I don't like the idea of censoring either because, so I do feel like it's fair game if it was the other way around. And, um, it's much like Trump too, with his tweets about, uh, Mika, Micah from, from morning Joe 
and all the other comments he makes about women. I know he didn't draw, but Lord knows we don't want to see him draw because it's probably like <laughs> stick figures. But I, Personally, I'd be very interested. I would but, love to see what he but draws. But it's still the same kind of thing, and I think you know the ridicule has to be on both sides there because what he also does is, is inappropriate as well, and that needs to be called out. But I, I would, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it was appropriate. I wouldn't have personally done it, but I also don't feel like we should be in the business of now censoring people from being able to make these caricatures, uh, even if they are in poor taste. Well, Chelsea, I now realize, of course, the way to pose this question would have been to ask the woman first. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> I'm still I'm still part of the, uh, the the patriarchy, and I apologize to you for that. But I will still I I will let you go last. No, I should have asked you. I was trying to be nice to our guest. Yes, and, and you know, went back and this then, way. And then I went right. this way. But I realized now I should have asked you first. What do you think about all this? I no, okay, that's another just I've done that before. I, I think I think I, I'm totally with Scott. You can't say shouldn't have done that because now you're infringing on First Amendment, and none of us want to be the the PC people mm-hmm. shutting up the you know uh, the people from saying or doing art that's expressing themselves. That's one hand. On the other hand, if the point was to be helpful towards something, it was not helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the utility of it. If his self-expression was the most important thing to him, okay, fine. But I hope that we're just trying to be helpful in uh, re-engaging democracy, restoring democracy, and that that's the goal. Then he should not have, have done it. But I can't say what his goal was. Right. Mm-hmm. And I even try my very best because I have thoughts when I see and hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and uh, I just try and not go there. I go to what is she saying? How competent is she at her job? Mm-hmm. Um, that's I want to go to the merits of anybody doing their job, male or female, and right. leave out anything that has to do with uh, Looks, appearance or gender mm-hmm. or anything of mm-hmm. that nature. Right, and I think okay. that the question isn't as much about Jim Carrey making the painting. It's sort of the coverage of it and sort of mm-hmm. the reaction to mm-hmm. it. It's the, hey, look at this. Isn't this funny? I mean, you know, that sort of thing. Could and, he have done it and kept it to himself? Well, I mean, <laughs> 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 at what point in Jim Carrey's know, career like, has he done something, something to keep it to himself? Right. You know? No attention? No. Yeah, but, uh, no, I mean, look, it's, it's a but good right, point. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, on a, on a similar note, I also think that, you know, there have been there have been some. It's more posts, but there's been some media coverage of uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s divorce that are sort of very happily dealing with that. Mm-hmm. When you do need to take into consideration that you know there there is a real family at stake there, and you know divorce is very painful for anyone to have to mm-hmm. deal with. So even though you don't like. Donald Trump, and maybe you don't even like his son, it's still like not something to be like, oh, this is great. Now, the problem is you want to take that stance, but then you're like, oh, yeah, but you know, there was supposedly an affair with a celebrity apprentice contestant. So then it, you get all caught up in the media aspect mm-hmm. of it, but at the you same know, I, time. I went you, to college with Aubrey. You went to col- college with Aubrey O'Day? Yeah, we're the same year. Was she voted most likely to be a homewrecker? I, I would say actually, okay, so we were both in the Greek. <laughs> wow, that's, the fact that you didn't say no uh, pretty much tells us everything we need to know. At this point. Wow. Uh, no, uh, right after I gave that answer about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Well, let me just say that we were both in the Greek system, so although she and I were not friends, we were still in that sure. same you know world. Um, and she was always a bit provocative, and girls were always a little, like, uh, weary of her. And I... Uh, also in the Greek system was a friend who uh, actually moved in with me after college, just as a friend, who grew up with her. And he would say, girls think Aubrey's a slut, but she's really not. But she presents in a way that uh, 
gave people that impression. So I think people that know her, and this was before, I mean, she left UC Irvine to go do the Diddy show. I can't remember. making. What was it called? Making the Band? It was yeah. called Making the Band. Yeah. And that's yeah. when she left school. And this, her ver- she now is sort of just a, a hyper uh, version of what she was back then. I, I, I don't know. I didn't know her, but certainly the appearance was, this isn't shocking. Uh, right. Well, there, there, you know, look, I, uh, I can, I can see how that would be your perspective. A little inside knowledge. Thank mm-hmm. you, Chelsea, uh, Doctor Metzler. As we wind up here, as we're almost out of time, uh, how, how do you balance sort of this? I don't like this public figure, but there is that line of their private life or maybe their personal appearance and those things. Uh, why is it so hard for people to, you know, stop short of like, oh, this? This is going to make people who I don't, you know, this will make like basically innocent bystanders feel bad. I should probably back off of, you know, ridiculing a divorce. For well, example. because, you know, look, we are a society in which we like the drama. Mm-hmm. We like the salaciousness. We like all of that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah. And this helps me with the fact it helps me justify the fact that I don't like this person. This is further fodder. Mm-hmm. To, and it helps me justify why I don't like that person, which is sad, but it's the state in which we find ourselves. Well, uh, with that, we are indeed out of time. Thank you, uh, Dr. Metzler. My pleasure. At Dr. Chris Metzler. DrChristopherMetzler.com? Correct. All right. And uh, we appreciate you making the time to see us again. Please, My pleasure. Please come back next time you're in town. I'll be uh, here soon. We will be back uh, next Tuesday. I don't know. I'm quite sure which time. Maybe this time. Maybe a little later. Stay tuned mm-hmm. at Trump Report ABTV on Twitter to uh, find out where, when and where we're at. And you can follow me at Christian DMZ. Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. So simple. Uh-huh. And Scott? At S-Man 80. Not simple. But. Not simple. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, short but short, but short, so but findable. Short, yeah, because there's a million Scott Moore's. Yes, anyway, thanks so much to everybody who joined us in the chat. Thanks to everyone at AfterBuzz TV and America's Voice. And we will indeed see you next Tuesday. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.